Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey everybody, it's Jody Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thanks for tuning in. This week's episode features Kimberly Sohn. She's the executive director of artistry at Bobby Brown. She also happens to live in my town and we see each other at the gym. And she's amazing, and she does incredible makeup on the New Jersey Transit train ride into the city. So if you take her train line, you should definitely watch the artistry in action. Um, so tune into this episode, and if you missed last week's episode, it featured Sue and Natalie Ismael. They're the co-founders of NADS. I hope you enjoy the shows. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to introduce Kim Sohn. She's the executive director of artistry for Bobby Brown and my neighbor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Welcome to Where Brains Me Beauty. Hi. So thank you for having me. I usually get to see you at the gym. Yes. <laughs> or by the train. No makeup is on. Right. At the gym, we all look, you know, a little busted. It's okay. It's so true. <laughs> and then people will see you at the grocery store afterwards and they're like, oh, that's like a good before and after. We all clean up really well. Right? The yeah. hair, mm-hmm. a little lip gloss, mm-hmm. a little more. So how are you going to spend your day today? So I was up 6 a.m., did our boot camp, and then caught the train into the city, was in a meeting for like 930 talking about holiday and how to drive sales for holiday and then was finishing artistry notes because part of my job as executive director for artistry is to make sure that all the artists at the counters in the U.S. are getting some sort of direction or at least an inspirational tip or make a pack and we're driving a whole service program. So I was finishing that up to present to the field and then came up here, which is so exciting because I get to leave the office and I Instagram my whole way up here. <laughs> and then this afternoon, more meetings, meeting with a retailer, Bloomingdale's, to talk to them about, and we present spring now. So showing all the spring launches. And then I will, I don't have to race home. So that means I can catch a little bit of a later train. That's cool. So um, this sounds like the coolest job you can have if you're a makeup artist. How did you get this job? So I started in psychology, and I so wanted to help people. I've always loved people, curious about people, and went through much sort of do college, or I'm from Canada originally, so university, and then, you know, okay, now it's master's, and started a master's program in psychology, and I quickly realized I don't have the patience level to really help people, (laughs) (laughs) to go there, right? And I remember sitting and talking to people and thinking, oh, just put a little blush on, you'll feel so pretty, like you'll feel better. Um, and my sister was a model and she used to come home and show how to do makeup on herself. And I was so mesmerized by it, but I still was sort of brought up to think, oh, I'm like the brain one, not artistic. And we weren't raised to think that the arts is a career option more. So it's like teacher, lawyer, doctor, something. So I went on and became actually a personal assistant to Hillary Weston. And the Weston family in Canada, they own um, Holt Renfrew in Canada. They own Selfridges and Fortnum & Mason and Brown Thomas in Ireland 
and uh, a big, huge fashion family. And Mrs. Weston used to have a makeup artist come to the house and do her makeup. And I was like, what? That's a job? And from there, I fell in love with makeup. And all my friends in their mid, late 20s were getting married. And I literally, I did my sister's wedding as the first go at doing makeup. And she, this day, to this day, is thankful she actually got divorced and ripped up those pictures because the makeup <laughs> is so bad. Is it really so bad? It's so bad. They, we all wore iced blue puffy dresses. Mm-hmm. And then as I did iced blue eyeshadow and then white frost because I'd read, like, lighten up the brow bones. Mm-hmm. And all you can see in these photos are the, the, these white eyebrows. Like, we look like raccoons. So my sister's actually getting remarried next year. So I've been hired on. Oh, good. So hopefully it'll be better. So from there, I started doing everyone's makeup for weddings. And I just got better and better. I think it came naturally. I talked to so many people now, and they go to makeup school, which I would never deter from. But I didn't have that route. I just started doing makeup for weddings. And then I finally, I had actually become a buyer in cosmetics. And um, I had worked in retail, um, but in the office side. And I was a buyer. And I remember sitting in the meetings talking about the latest mascara launch. And I would look around. I'd think, why is no one wearing the mascara? And I found myself just constantly. And I finally quit the office job. Was this a buyer for one of their um, stores? Yep, Loblaws, which is a grocery chain. Uh So I was the buyer. What was it called? Loblaws. Loblaws. Does it still exist? It does. It's amazing. If you're ever in Canada, go to Loblaws. And they're the most amazing grocery stores, like beautiful, amazing. So I was the one who bought the Maybelline mascaras and the L'Oreal eyeshadows. And I just was not happy sitting at a desk and planning numbers and budgets. And I just quit. And I went and worked at a makeup counter. And I started at Bobby Brown Cosmetics makeup counter. And at what store? At Holt Renfrew. Mm-hmm. It, at Bloor & Young was the flagship store. And I got eaten for lunch every day by, like, these women and guys who could sell ice to an Eskimo. (laughs) It would take me an hour and a half to do a makeup, and somebody might buy an eyeshadow. Like, I was just not, but I was determined, and I loved it. So I worked my way up, became the counter manager, and then became the coordinator for the region and helping drive events. And at that time, they used to bring us down to New York for training from Toronto. And they... The Bobby and the team in New York saw me and met me, and then they would see how I taught and trained. And sort of three years later, I got offered a job to come and train New York City to move here. And at the time, I was madly in love with a boyfriend, and he said, no, you've got to go because you can always come home. So I went, and I haven't left, and that was 15 years ago. And I was fortunate enough to work with Bobby, and she, you know, and I clicked, and I worked by her side and trained and toured and did global and did all the photo shoots and 16 years of fashion weeks, and now I'm executive director of North America for artistry. This is so awesome. So it's so cool that you started as, like, you know, having a path which you thought would be, right, like helping people in their own heads. Um, and you shifted, and you yeah. just got a job. 
Yes. You just got a job. Yeah. Right? Um, were you like this person who is super frustrated or impatient with like, when am I going to find that next big thing? When am I going to be what I always dreamed of? Like, were you somebody who was like, no, that way? I've ne- no, I've always, even now I have days where I might not feel happy and I then will just go and work in a store. For me, I have to just feel happy. It wasn't about the money or the title or achieving or being Bobby Brown. It was just a sense of waking up every day and feeling happy. That's what drives me, even till today. So if you're having a low day, you'll just like go to a local counter. I'll go work at Saks. Uh-huh. I'll go stop in and work with the Bloomingdale's team for a few hours. I'll leave the office early. You know, I'll do some Instagram stories. I'll pull one of the girls in the office and like show the before and after because that's sort of my happy place. And the real reason why I got into makeup was to help women feel better or look better. And to me, now it comes so naturally. So when I get frustrated about stress, like I'm sort of now I've worked my way so back up that I'm in the office. Mm -hmm. So when I do have days where I'm like, I'm don't know what the strategy is going to be in 25, you know, 2025 for what, you know, I'll go and be like, Oh, fix your eyebrows and go fix someone's eyebrows. So, um, you were looking to be a therapist, but you actually are a therapist, right? Yeah, I am. It's interesting. Even last, you know, it's, um, while we're filming now or talking now it's October and I, we did the breast cancer awareness and I worked, I helped a woman last week for stage four cancer and mom with a young son and did her makeup and the before and after and how she felt and showing her a few tips of what she could do. You know, that's truly the why mm-hmm. behind why I love makeup. I think lots of people in the beauty industry are in it for different reasons. And mine is the feel good, like the helping part of it. Right. So, um, it's, this is like the coolest job you could have as a makeup artist, right? Cause you get to be in the store and touch customers yeah. and hear from them directly, but you get to drive forward the ideas and thinking of the brand, right. work with products. an established brand that's really loved, right? Have access to all these products. Yeah. Um, what's the hardest part about this now? The hardest part about the job I think now, because Bobby has left, for me, it was getting over that. Not, And I'm not even over that, per se, because I miss her so much. Mm-hmm. And it's now continuing to have the excitement and the wherewithal to keep moving forward, but also staying true to that place where I was raised in, of Bobby Brown herself. So I feel a huge sense of responsibility to make sure the authenticism, if that's a word, about the brand stays true, but also continues to move forward with the trends and in today's environment. Right. So I get, um, I say, like, sometimes I feel like vomiting the newness in our industry. Yeah. Like, there's so much and it makes me feel so really much. anxious and um, kind of miss the days where it was a little bit slower, right? There was always newness, but it wasn't yeah. like a churning factory. Um, how do you deal with that? So it's, I find in my head, when I see newness, I automatically slot it into sort of categories. So is it in the skincare category? Is it in the foundation category, concealers, powders, treatment, serums, masks? And within that, I really look at what's the ingredients. Because at the end of the day, a lot of it is the marketing. 
and how is it being spun and the cuteness behind the story or the you know emotional connection to the product. So I kind of will step back from that noise and be like, well, what's really in it? Mm-hmm. And oh, there's sodium hyaluronate and hyaluronic acid. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. Will that actually really plump my skin? You know, I'm always looking for a lip plumper. You know, and then I read it, and I'm like, oh, it's just extra hyaluronic acid. Okay, you don't need to buy it, mm-hmm. or oh, we don't. I don't need to show that to product development. Mm-hmm. I find that in knowing that, and if somebody doesn't know what the ingredients are, you can so easily look up ingredients or just compare what's on the label. It's almost like what food today. Right. Like, look what's on the label. Right. And then see, like, does it really matter to me? Is it really something cool and point of difference? So when you're um, at the counter and or at events talking directly with consumers, do you feel like the consumer is really, really knowledgeable or they are like some of them still a little like lost about like, I don't know what to do. I don't know like the order of use. Like, you yeah. know, is it like 50, 50? What do you find in the people you interact with? So the P it depends. I find on where I am and what retailer I'm at and you get a full array. So I, th- you know, more and more, all of the you know, information and research is saying the consumer is much more knowledgeable and they have access to so much more information. So I find what happens a lot is women will come to the counter or girls will come to the counter and they know what they've seen. They'll know what they want to try, but it's a bit of a whole other ball game of whether or not it works for them Mm -hmm. and whether or not it works for them. And would they in fact do it every day? Would they want to in fact invest and buy a product that they would do and use it and fall in love with it. That I find is a little bit of a different vibe. So, you know, oh my gosh, I just ripped, I just saw, you know, this cool post on this awesome eyeliner. And then, oh, but, oh, I don't know if I'd do that every day. Oh, let me show you how. Right. And that's where I find like the how-to videos or having a real artist at counter, that real touch is what then makes somebody fall in love with it or feel confident to buy it. Right. So it's um, like a different tactic in terms of managing that customer at that moment, right? Like yes. you're not introducing her to things, so she's already been introduced. It's you're really educating. Yeah, personalizing uh, it for them. Right. And like, is it possible that's just not right for them? Totally. So much so. Mm-hmm. So one of our best-selling um, foundations, it's a long wear. I'm wearing it today. It's long wear, it's oil-free, and it's full coverage. Is that for, right for everybody? No, but we have, it's an amazing product, but, and so many women will come together and be like, oh, I just saw there was a new foundation out with Bobby Brown. I'm like, yes, we can show it to you and try it, but you know what? I'd love to show you X. Mm-hmm. This one's more moisturizing. You're telling me you don't even wear foundation every day. Let's try something a little more sheer, and then that way you know, you adjust it for right. them. I love the art of retail sales and I don't have a ton of experience in it, but, mm-hmm. um, I worked at a brand that had 150 stores for a while. Okay. So I got to be in store. Yeah. Um, skincare fragrance. Okay. Um, so this idea of like really listening. Yeah. Right. But also knowing like what the, you're kind of being ready for all those next steps. Yeah. It's so hard. Right. So when I think about all the like visual merchandising demands we put on the staff yep. and all the other marketing 
marketing and event related stuff we put on the staff, um, I think about, well, actually they just need to really focus on this, the craft of like understanding the product, understanding the customer, how to Mm -hmm. navigate them, how to make them feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and heard. Mm -hmm. Um, We can't expect them to be hanging things from the ceiling because it's just too much. It is. It's so much. And it, it, it's so much comes down like today in today's environment, you can go into so many stores and pick anything off of the gondola and look online and follow YouTubers. So if you are with somebody who's in store and they're also brand specific, so they've been trained by that brand, you know that they've got the knowledge and that person's job really is to help personalize that brand for you. Like it truly is today about you, the customer and what do you want versus me sort of forcing it all on you. And that's where, you know, the artists that we have, for instance, in New York, they're the best of the best at, it's like a customer care personalization long-term. Like I always say, don't be a great first date. Like, I want you to be an awesome long-term relationship mm-hmm. with all your clients. Like, get to know them, follow up, build that knowledge. Like, no, oh, a certain product did just launch and it is everywhere. That would be perfect for her. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, that might be perfect for her sister. Mm-hmm. She always talks about her daughter and how she was looking. And that's how the in-store engagement sh- really should happen. Right, right. So let's talk about um, women over 40. Yes. I am one of them. I am yeah. 43. You look amazing. Thank you. Your skin is so good. Thank you. I, I mean, do I, you? I do take care of myself, but I do think a, a lot of it has to do with genes. Yes. Like my mother and my grandmother have incredible looking skin. Yeah. Um, but I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't drug and I do really like sleep. Yes. Um, and I... I often think about you, like when I'm going to have a glass of red wine, I'm like... Have a drink. It's so like it sucks all the moisture out of my body. Yes. Alcohol. Like I just feel so dehydrated after it. Um, I'd wake up at like two o'clock or four o'clock in the morning, like just feeling like sandpaper everywhere. Right. It is. It's like empty calories too. Yeah. And um, so I think that that helps my skin, but I I think so much of this is genetics. Like I can look at like, you know, my grandmother in her eighties, her skin is so incredible. So um, I, you know, I'm grateful for my genes. And you take good care. I do, but I'm not like, I don't put like everything on it. You know, I don't like, I have serums on my counter. Do I use them? No. Do I use sunscreen? Yes. Yeah, you know, I'm a moisturizer so sunscreen. Everybody girl. who I find whenever I compliment and some you start talking to them, it's sunscreen. Sunscreen, mm-hmm. sunscreen, sunscreen. Well that sun is really tough and damaging and you know. it's the everyday use of yes. it. Well my everyday use of it has been new. Um that's like a new thing uh-huh. this year. I would be somebody who in my heart would want to use sunscreen every day, but I just right. didn't know how. Right. Um but I am really grateful that I found the right product for me now. Yes. But I definitely have, like, sunspots on the side of my face because I think, like, driving in the car, like, David would usually drive us in the passenger seat, yeah. and we go on for long drives or whatever as a family, yeah. and, like, yeah. I have all that sun on me. Right. Like, this is everywhere where the sunspots are, for the most part. They're right. not really on the side. Well, that's how we met, because you were testing that sunscreen. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In our and it didn't camp. sweat. Yeah, you can, like, um, it's an Elta MD product, UV yeah. clear. So you can put it on, and it um, blends right in. Like, you don't have white stuff all over you. And then we were all different skin tones, and we all tested it, and we weren't, like, sweating, white, dripping stuff all yes. over us. It's yeah. really phenomenal. Yeah. That was a fun yeah. way to meet you, right, yeah. at the gym. Okay, but let's talk about women yeah. over 40. Over 40. So, um, you actually have a specialty in working with women over 40. Yes, I do. Point. Like, what does that mean? It means that when you're over 40, a lot of times your lifestyle is... Is different mm-hmm. than 
at least it is for me when I was in my early 20s or even when I was in my 30s. And lifestyle plays a big role on what does beauty mean to you. And I think keeping it simple, knowing the awesome basics and nailing the basics is the best tool to have. From that base point, then you can play and do a flick eyeliner. You can try a fun, you know, crazy lip color. You can go for a glittery eyeshadow. But knowing how to make your skin, your features, your eyes, your brows, everything look its best, that is, to me, the goal of being in 40 plus and what amazing beauty is. That is what I constantly am trying to show women. And I find so many women I've met when they're over 40, late 30s into their 50s, a lot of women are like, oh, I've given up. Or, oh, I used to do that. I don't do it anymore. And to show a bit of the humor, a bit of the achievable simplicity on beauty can reignite. I find a lot of women to be like, oh, actually, let me try that. And to be almost that spokesperson for them, to be like, hey, oh my gosh, your eyes with like three coats of mascara, do you know how gorgeous your brown eyes are? And women are like, oh, I gave up doing mascara. I found it too hard. I need glasses now. I can't. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, here's a magnifying mirror. Let's put on two, three coats. And that simple approach of embracing your unique beauty that's what motivates me to really help women 40 plus. So this is a topic we talk a lot about. Okay. Um, at my agency, my yeah. day job, because many of us are 40 plus. Yes. And um, we are also people who study consumer behaviors, right? So we talk about our own consumer behaviors. And um, I do think that I'm shopping the industry differently than I yes. did in my 30s and 20s with like right. brand new eyes because my lifestyle has changed. So my kids aren't teeny tiny anymore. I have more time. I can yeah. more focus on me. So it means that I'm like for the first time in years thinking about like fun things to do with my hair. Oh, right. maybe I want to curl my hair. Maybe I want to straighten it. Like I haven't done stuff like this. I mean, I was like walking around with spit up on my shirt for like <laughs> seven years, right? So I've come out of that fog and I'm a brand right. new customer, right? right? My loyalties to things in my 20s, I don't have them anymore. Yeah. Um, so I am like ripe for communications, yep. for brand products. Yes. And like, I think that our is there anybody group- out there that you think is like reaching you or you've noticed out of to like our point? There's so much. Um, I think that brands can do a much better job at. Yeah really thinking about the opportunities with a customer who's looking at the category of new eyes, not mm-hmm. just the eyes of a 20-year-old or a 17-year-old. Millennial. But, right, but the eyes of someone who actually, like, wants to reinvest in themselves. And that's mm-hmm. sort of what I think I'm going through. Like, I, like, honestly, like, I hardly ever wear mascara, but now I'm starting to wear mascara. Right. I, like... You know, I'm experimenting with lipstick. I'm experimenting with different skincare products. Right. Um, And I am excited about it. I am as invigorated now as I was then. I'm just doing new things. And, of course, I shop differently now, right? Right. I probably bought, like, stuff at the drugstore exclusively. Right, yeah. In my younger years. Yeah. Um, Now, thankfully, I get a lot of things for free. But I'm still a consumer of many other parts of the business. Yes. So I think that there's a huge opportunity. I love that you're focusing on this. Yeah. And that you do this in your own feeds, right? I do. Yes, beauty by sewn. And, you know, it's amazing because to your point, like in everyday world, 
step out of New York City, step out of being in the beauty industry here at Broadway and 21st, which is the one of the most amazing intersections in New York City, step away from all of that. And women all are beautiful and unique, and they might not know what's the best mascara or just to take care of their skin and exfoliate and apply a serum and a moisturizer every day is like a new step. Mm -hmm. And to feel that sense of worth and inner beauty. And I think so much of today is focused on, you know, these beautiful models that I've done makeup on and I look at them and they are like gazelles with, you know, not a flaw in them and they're 24. So yes, that's beautiful, but there's so much more out there that is beautiful. So many more women out there and all those women have that sense that you probably feel or I feel. I'm like, yes, I'm almost, you know, I'm 48, but what? I, You're 48? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. I'm like, but I still don't want a groomed You're brow. You're a good spokes lady for oh, the 40s. Oh, thank you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I want a groomed brow. Yes. Doesn't mean I'm going to get all bushy on my brow, right? I think that what I've realized living in our community where we live, yeah. because there's so many like um, really fascinating people who are very willing to, to talk. And mm -hmm. when I tell them that I work in this industry and they're not from beauty and they're not yeah. marketing, um, they really open and they say, well, you know, what do I buy? I don't even know what to buy. Or they say, my friend sells Beauty Counter or my friend sells Rodent and Field. So I just use that. Right. right. So, so what I've realized when I take myself out of our business is yeah. that in our industry, I think we're talking to ourselves a lot. Yes. <laughs> right. Like yes. I'm talking to you, you're talking to me, but we're not talking to her. Yes. Right? And like all of this stuff about illuminators and piling on layers and layers of highlighter. Products. Yeah. This is such a small group of people who do this and are yeah. interested in this. And most of the women just really just tell me what to, just tell me what to do. Right. I'll do it. Just tell me what to do. And right. they want it to be easy. And that's why those protocols of the, like the social selling is so wonderful because their friend telling them what to right. buy. Right. 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 Trusted then, source. Right. And they could just text them like, I don't, I need more. Right. Yeah. So there's something I think very appealing about the, those business models for people yes. our age because I don't want to be bothered. I don't yeah. want to run to a store. Right. I don't even want to watch a YouTube video. Just tell me what to do. Yes. And I'm doing it while I'm sipping wine and eating cheese in your living room. Right. So, yeah, it's so true. Traveling for work, whatever. So true. Right. So I think that, um, you know, you, I don't know if it's a brand that's doing this. Well, I just think that that's a real opportunity, right? It's like the human to human contact. Just tell me what to do. I will do it. And they will be loyalists, right? And it's interesting on my YouTube videos, I don't edit them. So I make mistakes mm -hmm. and I always, you know, everyone said, oh, you've got to get rid of the mistakes. Like it has to be a flawless, seamless. I'm like, really? Really? I'm like, there's always a child or a dog or somebody in the background I still make it look attractive, but achievable. Mm -hmm. So, because to your point, I'm sorry, there is nobody in the world that can do a perfect winged eyeliner without making a few edits to it. And if you don't show those edits, then how is somebody who doesn't even know how to, what's the difference between an ink liner, a gel liner, an eyeliner pencil, water, like you, they just want to know how to do an eyeliner. Right. So my little videos are, you know, how to apply an eyeliner, there's no edits, but you know, it's five minutes and you've got to practice. It's like riding a bike, 
but it's a little bit more of an achievable, fun approach versus this sort of unattainable, edited, you know, filtered version. Right. I appreciate that. I actually see a correlation. I was doing math homework with my son last night. Oh, yeah. We were, like, learning long division. He just, like, didn't get it, so yeah. we went on a YouTube video. Oh, that was smart. The person in the video made a mistake. Yeah. And I think it's so good that my son saw that the person, like, said, oh, no, let me cross this out. That's wrong. Right. right? So it gives him the confidence, like, oh, I can I can do it at some point. Like, he's doing it. Right. I'll understand it at some point. Right. And I'll make mistakes, and that's okay. That's so good. And I think that what you're saying is the same. Like, yes. I actually wouldn't approach like a big eyeliner myself because yep. I know it'd take me like 15 minutes I'd be sweating because I'd right. be like frustrated <laughs> right sort of reminds me of have you ever put those like stick on bras on yeah and like they never <laughs> stick in the right place but you're like running late to go to the party and then you're sweating which makes them like not, not stick, stick. <laughs> so that's, that's how so funny that's what I would be like if I wanted to like attempt like a big look with right. the eyeliner or I right. get one side awesome and the other and side, the other side. and it's so funny because then I show the techniques because to your point like doing I think you know am I the best makeup artist in the whole world no absolutely not so it over the years too I've picked up little tips and tricks of like how to almost fake it so one of the things I teach is how to do I actually did it today because I do so much of my makeup on the train is I smudge the eyeliner with an eyeshadow mm-hmm. and then it makes it look like oh soft sexy sultry smudgy line but that's from over the years of trying to I'm sorry trying to make two winged eyeliners both perfect is so hard for me even to do on like a model where his eyes are perfect. Right. Your eyes aren't even the same. Like no one has even the same shape or size eyes. Right. They are um, sisters, not twins. Right? Yes. Same exactly. with our eyebrows. Yes. Yes. So that's why models, when you look at them, you know, face on, their features are so symbiotic. Mm-hmm. And that's what is sort of what looks beautiful. But most real women, I'm sorry, like I sleep on the side of my face and this whole side of my left side of my face is a little more squished up. Is so, it really? Yeah. Do you think it's from sleeping? I do. <laughs> I have a friend in the beauty industry and she's almost 60, which I, she'd kill me if I told everyone. She has slept on her back in one of those neck pillows uh-huh. And her features are like flawless. And she says it's one of the reasons it's because she slept on her back. Oh, I'm a belly sleeper, yeah, so I can't yeah, like, even attempt that. I'm like, yeah, let the other eye be squished. So I've seen you do your makeup on the train. Oh, and yeah. it is very fast. Like, yes. you are really speedy. Like, you go in with a naked face, right? Just like skincare. Naked face. Because usually it's some sweaty running, right. getting everyone to school, like da da da, the dot. Like, I'm just trying to make the train all in one piece, let alone trying to get makeup on before is silly. Yeah. So doing makeup again for anybody, if you have like the right foundation, you know, the right concealer, a good mascara, whatever you need to put some of the basics, which is four or five products, anything else over and above that, you know, is a jewel, right? It's sort of like knowing what your perfect black dress is with your, the right shoes. And then if you throw on a fancy necklace, okay, great. But if you can get that black dress on, then you're good to go. So is this bag very heavy with product or is it very limiting? It's actually quite small. I have have it. it. Oh, your bag is very heavy today. My bag is, I was so funny. I was thinking if they asked, well, I brought some lipsticks to give to the girls. And I've got cereal for my son. I <laughs> have a giant water. And two waters. And so this is my bag here. Oh, it is tiny. Yeah. So I've got mascara and a brush, concealer, highlighter. These are the best eye drops in the whole world. 
So I find I everything that. Lumify. Oh, uh-huh. They're the best. Cool. And then I do everything. A lot of my stuff I do, it's without a brush. Mm -hmm. So long wear eyeshadow stick. Um, I usually have one brush for all the face powder, bronzer, concealer without a brush, mm -hmm. lipstick. And I use lipstick as blush and lips. And that's it. Yeah, and your eyes are, like, insanely popping. They're beautiful. And that's just a black eyeliner and a green eyeliner smudged together. Mm -hmm. And are you doing this with a mirror or with your phone? Like, you look in your phone or you use a mirror? Both, depending. If I think an Instagram follower would be like, oh, that's a cool technique. I'll do it while oh, I'm on uh -huh. the phone. And then if not, I always have one compact on me. Right. Because I find that like with my eyesight now, looking in the phone, it's like I don't really see enough. And sometimes I think that's okay. You know, I'm like, oh, it looks kind. It's fine. Because I'll never forget, you know, working with women in general, years and years, so many women, they microscope themselves. Right. And they get right up. And it's amazing how hard and critical women are in general on themselves. And I too am like that on many things. And I would take a woman, her hand is right up close, nose distance away from their face. And I'll push their hand so it's straight, mm -hmm. hold the mirror. And that's what the world sees. Mm -hmm. And if it looks good from there, guess what? It's great. And that's, the, I think, my approach to the beauty. It's like from there, it looks good, great. You know, there's so much more to life than getting a perfect eyeliner all the time. Right. I love that sentiment because I, I struggle with this as well, maybe even more with body image than with, like, makeup. Yeah. And um, when I get in, when my head goes down that dark hole, I tell myself that the world sees me the way I see myself without wearing contacts. Like I, I, I yeah. really have a vision, like the blurry version of myself. I'm like, I love that. Like, and that's what people see. Right. So I should love it too. Yes. Right? Um, I should love me as me. Yes. So that's what I tell myself. Yeah. That's really, it's, that's the truth of it. If we could all do that all the time, you know, I would feel much more confident all the time and probably be even happier more of the time. Right. So we have to look at our face with our, our whole, whole arm distance away yes. and look at our bodies with blurry vision. Yes. And if not, like put some Vaseline or <laughs> some gloss on top of the camera, then look at it. Right. Throw on a filter. <laughs> right. Well, the whole world sees us filtered, actually. We see ourselves in a different way. It's like so true. It's all like the whole thing of perception. Yes. Right. How we perceive oneself or things like that's our reality. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom today, Kim. I'm so thank glad you, you could come in. Thank you so much. This was great. It flew by. Yeah, it goes fast. Right? I know it does. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Kim. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.